Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for listening to the Give Me Understanding podcast. I'm the host, Aaron Dodson, and this is another 10-minute overview of the books of the Bible. In this episode, we'll consider together a 10-minute overview of the book of 2 Kings. The book of 2 Kings continues the information, the, the drama that had started in 1 Kings, the tragic history of two nations on a collision course with captivity. The author systematically traces the reigning monarchs of Israel and Judah, first by carrying one nation's history forward, then retracting the same period for the other nation. There are 19 consecutive evil kings that rule in Israel, leading to the captivity by Assyria. The picture is somewhat brighter in Judah, where godly kings occasionally emerge to reform the evils of their predecessors. In the end, however, sin outweighs righteousness, and Judah is marched off to Babylon. So the book of Kings, they were arbitrarily divided. I say they were. It was, because it was a singular book in the Hebrew Bible. And so the book of Kings was arbitrarily divided in the Greek Old Testament, the Septuagint, on the, base, on the basis of, of space consideration. First Kings covers about a century, a hundred years, beginning with the old age of David, and it ends uh, somewhat abruptly in the middle of the reign of Ahaziah of Israel around 850 B.C., Second Kings picks up where First Kings ended and records events all the way to the 37th year of King Jehoiakim's captivity. The total span of time is about four centuries, from around 970 to 561 B.C. Second Kings, in particular, records the decline and fall of Israel and Judah. And that's the Bible phrase that we use here in our congregation in the Pew Packers class to help the kids and the adults to remember what the gist of the book is. The decline and fall of Israel and Judah. There were several prophets that were active during this period including Elijah, briefly, Elisha, Amos, and Hosea in Israel. In the south, in Judah, they had uh, the prophetic work of Joel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, and Micah. Jonah and Nahum prophesied against Assyria, and Obadiah addressed the nation of Edom. The central theme is the same in both 1st and 2nd Kings. Every king that's mentioned is evaluated on the basis of their attitude toward God and and the Bible, God's Word. Politically important kings are, are given little space if they were religiously weak. After identifying a king, dating his reign by the year of the king's reign in the opposite kingdom, and then... The writer would give the length of the reign. A simple verdict or conclusion is pronounced on the king's character in light of that particular king's relationship to God. Now, all the northern kings are said to have done evil, except for Shalom, who only reigned for one month. But of the southern 
kings. Only Josiah and Hezekiah are given unqualified commendation. These books, First and Second Kings, clearly show that only one thing really matters in life for both human governments and individuals. Regardless of a person's endeavors, activities, and accomplishments, all that really matters is, do you love and obey God? This Second Kings is an interesting book. There are several verses that have been considered by some as uh, key verses. I'm going to consider a few of them uh, in this uh, episode. 2 Kings chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. Listen to these words. Jehoash did what was right in the sight of the Lord all the days in which Jehoiada the priest instructed him. But the high places were not taken away. The people still sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. So here you have a key verse describing part of the problem. The people would do somewhat right or a lot right, but they would still leave things undone, and it displeased God. 2 Kings 17, verses 22 and 23 serve as key verses. 2 Kings 17, 22 and 23, For the children of Israel walked in all the sins of Jeroboam, which he did. They did not depart from them until the Lord removed Israel out of his sight, as he had said by all his servants the prophets. So Israel was carried away from their own land to Assyria as it is to this day. This is a key verse because it records the gist of that period of time and how the people fell away so far from God, and it started with the first king of the divided northern kingdom, Jeroboam, and the unscriptural, ungodly worship that he introduced to the people. Second Kings 21, verses 13 through 15, serve as key verses as well. This is in the context of Manasseh, who was undoubtedly the most wicked king in the south. Second Kings 21, 13 through 15, God said, <clears throat> I am bringing such calamity upon Jerusalem and Judah that whoever hears of it, both his ears will tingle and I will stretch over Jerusalem the measuring line of Samaria and the plummet of the house of Ahab. I will wipe Jerusalem as one wipes a dish, wiping it and turning it upside down. So I will forsake the remnant of my inheritance and deliver them into the hand of, the, of their enemies and they shall become victims of plunder to all their enemies. Listen, because they have done evil in my sight and have provoked me to anger since the day their fathers came out of Egypt, even to this day. Next key verse, 23, chapter 23, verses 25 through 27. Now before him there was no king like him, that's speaking of Josiah, who turned to the Lord with all his heart, with all his soul, and with all his might, according to all the law of Moses, nor after him did any arise like 
him. Nevertheless, the Lord did not turn from the fierceness of his great wrath, with which his anger was aroused against Judah because of all the provocations with which Manasseh had provoked him. And the Lord said, I will also remove Judah from my sight, as I have removed Israel, and will cast off this city, Jerusalem, which I have chosen, and the house of which I said, My name shall be there. Again, a key verse. And finally, chapter 24, verses 1 through 4, as we get toward, toward the very end of this book, the chapters 18 through 25 deal with the time when, when Judah survived alone as a nation, but then they continued to decline as well. Chapter 24, verses 1 through 3, and then I'll give an outline. In his days... Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up, and Jehoiakim became his vassal for three years. Then he turned and rebelled against him, and the Lord sent against him raiding bands of Chaldeans, bands of Syrians, bands of Moabites, and bands of the people of Ammon. He sent them against Judah to destroy them, or to destroy it, according to the word of the Lord, which he had spoken by his servants, the prophets. Surely at the commandment of the Lord this came upon Judah, to remove them from his sight because of the sins of Manasseh, according to all that he had done. And so God kept his word. God held them accountable for sin and he kept his word. The prophets continually reminded these people to be penitent, to stop living the way they were living and to get right, but they did not. Do you love and obey God? When we choose to love God, there are blessings that follows that follow. When we choose to disobey God, there are consequences that follow. Here's a brief outline. 2 Kings chapters 1 through 17 could be described as the divided kingdom. But then chapters 18 through 25 refer to Judah alone. The northern kingdom has gone into Assyrian captivity to never be a nation like they were before again. 2 Kings 18 through 25, Judah alone. Hezekiah, Manasseh, Ammon, Josiah... Jehoahaz, Jehoiakim, Jehoiakim, Zedekiah, and then the fall of the nation. This is somewhat a dark, it is dark, it's not somewhat, it's a dark time in Israel's history. But thankfully, because of God's great mercy and His promises to Judah and to David, He would bring them back out of captivity. Here's a great lesson for us. Sin is serious, sin has consequences. God is worthy to be served and His Word is available. We need to listen to His prophets. We need to listen to His written Word and love Him and obey Him. This is the Giving Understanding Podcast, 10-minute overview of first, uh, Second Kings. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, share it with others. I hope that I've only whetted your appetite to study more. God bless. We'll catch you next time.